0: what that noise is, but it's oh, that's typical New York. It's really, drilling.
1: it's just going to keep going, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. You we'll have to like, get, you have to get right, right, used to it. <laughs> we'll just it. It's not ideal for the podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper, and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele what they love about it, and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument Here's the third conversation which I recorded when I was in New York earlier this year. This one's with Gwendolyn Fitz, who is a great ukulele player and also the founder of the Brooklyn Ukulele Festival. We had a chat in my hotel room on a day when there was unfortunately a lot of noisy maintenance going on in the hotel. I've done my best to minimize it in this episode, but hey, it gives the conversation some genuine New York flavor. Yeah, it's the new black. Everybody is playing it. Cuz it's the new black. Ukulele player introduce yourself.
0: Hi, I'm Gwendolyn
1: Fitz. It's so lovely to have you here in New York. Um, this is my first trip to New York and oh. I'm, I'm loving it. Oh, well, welcome. <laughs> and it's been great to talk to the ukulele players in New York because they're all very talented and and fascinating people. Uh, sorry, oh, yeah, no pressure. They are. They no are. pressure. They are.
0: Oh, <laughs> I know I'm fascinating. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good. Right answer. Right answer. <laughs> so yeah. So I know nothing about you aside from. Actually, it was Cameron Murray said to me? You should talk to Gwendolyn. Do you know Cameron? I. I've seen him on
0: Instagram and, and Twitter, and I know he does a ukulele magazine, and he posts some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Instagram is how I've met anyone,
1: really, in the ukulele world. Yeah, well, Cameron, he did say that he'd heard of you, and, and you, he thought you were amazing. He hadn't met you, so... Oh. Um, yeah, but oh, yes, awesome. it's his fault. He recommended Thank- that I talk to you. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, ukulele, when did you start playing? Well, first, why did you start playing? So,
0: I started playing the ukulele. Let's backtrack this because it's a little bit of a long story. I love those. So, so I bought a ukulele my freshman year of college, but um, I was a music major. So, I got too caught up in all of the, I was a flute and vocal performance major. And so, I didn't really have time to play the ukulele once I really started getting into my degree. So, it kind of went to the wayside. And then I graduated college and I moved to Austin, Texas. And I just, I started to settle into this Texan life a bit. I was working a job I didn't like. I I got married to someone that just wasn't, he wasn't a, a good man without going into much detail. And so I just started feeling very suffocated and I wasn't playing music at all and I, I was just, I got very sad and was like, how can I get out of this? And I came across YouTubers that were playing the ukulele like Dodie and Daniel ate the sandwich and I was like, I have a ukulele. I'm gonna, let's see if I can, I can make something of it. And so I started learning it and I you know, I started writing songs, which were terrible, <laughs> by the way, the first ones you always have to are. You start but somewhere. Yeah, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, I gradually, I, I moved here and I picked up more and more and more on the ukulele and
1: this, this is where I am now. <laughs> so you said before ukulele, so you flute, you said. Yeah, cycle. yeah, I did flute. So how flute, old voice. were you when you started that?
0: I was 11, yeah, and uh, well, I, well, I loved singing as a kid, but I was horrible at it. I, <laughs> I was, I, you know, Brit- I was in the era of Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and all the, the pop singers. And I would try to mimic them, but I was just, I was really awful. But I still had this imagination, like, I'm going to be famous and sing in front of millions of people <laughs> one day. And then I was like, I went to school and I was singing in the, the choirs and, uh, for the assemblies. And people were like, can you stop? Can you stop singing? And I was like, Oh, "Oh,
1: that's so hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so I was like, I guess, I guess I'll play the flute. And so I, I fell in love with that. It didn't, it didn't come, it didn't come easy for me because I actually, I had, um, My flute was broken when I started. I didn't know. That's 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 an extra degree of
1: difficulty, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's a huge thing when you're a beginner because you don't know if you can't make a sound on the flute, if it's you or if it's the flute. And it ended up being the flute. And once that got fixed it was fine and I I fell in love with it.
1: Well it's a good thing you kept on going you didn't just throw it away and say it's too hard. Yeah
0: yeah it was also part of school I couldn't drop that because there wasn't the the other option was choir and well we all know I can sing. (laughs) I told you not
1: to. But you you sing now?
0: Yeah yeah I went so I went to to college and you know my, my vocal cords hadn't developed yet and so I was a it was a teenager, and I was singing, you know, in private a little bit. And I went off to college, and I had I had to be in choir because they didn't have a band yet, and you had to be in an ensemble as part of my music degree. And so I joined the choir, and I was just, you know, a timid little in the alto section, just being like, okay, I'll just take my way through this. And there were be- solos being given out, and I was like, I want one of these, I, w- I want to try to do this. And so I went and I sang and I went and I knocked on my friend's uh, apartment door and I was going to sing for her. And I walked in and I started to open my mouth and I, and then I walked back out of the room. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do this. And so I, I walked down the hall and I was like, wait you have you have to do this and so I walked back in and I you know I I sang for her and instead of being met with no you can't do this I was met with encouragement and I was like okay I can I can try this and the following year I, I I got a solo I got my first solo and then I I asked the, the choir director if he would give me voice lessons as part of my, my degree, and he, he said yes, he agreed to it. So, yeah, slightly so nice. And the rest is history. <laughs> rest is history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, when you decided to play the ukulele, did you just work it out, say from YouTube, or did you get lessons? Yeah,
0: so I. Once you know how to play one instrument, it's really easy to start picking up other instruments. And so I started... But ukulele on... is nothing like flute. No, it's not. It's not. Um But the... So I had a, a little bit of guitar. I don't admit okay. this. I don't admit this because I hate I hate the guitar. I oh, really, but, but I do have to teach it sometimes. But right. I know this is a secret.
1: So, <laughs> why, why do you? When I, I I don't play guitar because they're just so weirdly big and I can't it's, understand it's them. It's huge, but I, I don't like, hate them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think. I have an issue with it because it was my my older brother's instrument. Like that was his thing, and he was more of the musician of the family instead uh, of me. But, so I'm just like oh, guitar, and <laughs> I just so I I tried playing it, but I just you know I wasn't I wasn't like my brother. It, it didn't come naturally to me. But with the ukulele, I so I watched a few YouTube. Uh, tutorials like from the ukulele teacher, just to get an idea of strum patterns and how to, how to strum and and come up with your own. And once I had an idea of that, I just
1: I just started going to town on covers and be like, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so you played covers, but you also write songs now. Yeah, yeah, right. and they're better than those first ones. Oh yes, yeah. yes.
0: Let's let's hope so. Let's.
1: <laughs> um, so what inspires you with songwriting? Well, really, just.
0: New York, really. Once I got to New York, that's when it really, um, when I really started writing because the city just inspires, you know, my my daily life. I'll, I'll play two songs that I wrote when I moved here, but they're just... You know my adventures through the city, and like, go, oh, okay, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write this
1: down. This is great, and so that—that's where that comes from. Actually, I can understand that because I've only been here a few days, and I, it's an amazing place. It is the—the the first time
0: I. I came here. So my idea for moving here to New York came from just watching movies as a kid and just seeing in the background and seeing oh wow that looks that looks really cool I love the energy of that I have to go and so I came over here and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I, I hadn't lived here yet. I was just here on vacation. And I was like, "This is amazing!" And I went home, and I I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna make this happen. A year from now, I'm gonna be living here in New York." And so I just I got a second job, and I just I put all the money together that I could, and I just I came here, and I was like, "This is this is it." Oh, well done! But yeah, <laughs> the lights the lights of the the buildings like at between um dusk as the city starts to fade into night that's when it's really just gorgeous because it starts to sparkle and that that really yeah yeah (laughs) would you want to play
1: one of those songs for sure
0: i will i will do the first song that i wrote oh no not the first song but the second song i wrote i was searching for an apartment and when you're searching for an apartment in New York, you meet a lot of interesting, interesting people. And so I ended up going to meet this guy, and I thought he was just the landlord. and he was an older man and he happened to be this painter and I and he was very, very, very eccentric. And so we sat down after I viewed the apartment and he, he wanted to just... Shock to, to get to know me and see if it was going to be a good fit. And before we sat down, he was like, Would you like a glass of soy milk? I was like, No, I'm okay. And he said, No, have a glass of soy milk. And I was like, Oh my God, this is it. This is a serial killer of the times. It's And I was like, Okay, you know what? I will just I will just take this glass not to be rude and I will just sit down and just not drink any of it. And throughout this our our conversations he was like drink your soy milk. Drink your soy milk. And then finally he said, drink your soy milk and then we're I'll take you down to the basement, and show you my art studio. Oh. And I was like oh, I'm dying. I'm dying. And I I found a moment to text a friend and be like if you don't hear from me in 30 minutes, this is where you can find my body like <laughs> just oh. And um but, yeah, no, he he ended up being not a serial killer because oh, well, I'm still alive, yeah, yeah. obviously. But he was <laughs> just, I guess he was really concerned about me getting my soy milk, my, my well, protein. Well,
1: <laughs> it's got a lot of vitamins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you looked a little unhealthy. <laughs>
0: yeah, <suppose>. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so... He, throughout our conversation he just talked about all of his life's work and he was just all over the place and i felt very inspired from that so i wrote this song it's called painter painter and it's not about serial killers or painters being serial killers um but yeah here 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 we go
2: She I'll oh, paint a paint and spin my story with you. I'll oh, paint and paint and spin my story.
1: I love it. <laughs> so that's a, is that a Waterman you're playing? It's
0: actually an outdoor ukulele. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's the same kind of, it's with uh, polycarbon. It's a,
1: yeah, it's
0: a company based off in Oregon and they right. make outdoor ukuleles. It sounds great. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's, it's really good. I bought it so I could float down the river and, and play at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten to do that yet. <laughs>
1: I was actually thinking when I was coming in here for this trip, I, was, I really wanted to get something like that. I bought my little soprano. With me. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I normally play a tenor, and it's beautiful. And I just – this particular trip, though, um, one of, I'm getting some flights after – yeah, oh, I'm going. Yeah. To, I'm going to. Actually, I was was going to be going to Rome, but now I'm not because coronavirus. Oh um, yeah. Now, <laughs> <that. laughs> yeah, as of last night, I'm going to Spain. Um, oh, but, but but flying with Swiss Air, they have a very restrictive baggage policy. You can't take a ukulele on the plane oh, as wow. hand luggage unless it is you know actual hand, yeah, hand luggage size, yeah. and you can only have one bag. Oh wow. <laughs> so this one will actually fit inside. My bag. But that's that's exactly bag. I took
0: this ukulele to Paris because I could only take a backpack mm. with me.
1: Oh because yeah, you and, could just shove it in a backpack.
0: Yeah, and oh, I yeah. and I did and I and then I got quinoa inside of it and there's still some stuff oh. in, <laughs> in the, the bag. <laughs> yeah, and I you know, I it's it's waterproof, so I put it under the, the sink and tried to wash it but it's just it's like it's stuck up in there. <laughs> it's, oh it's right that. right in the crack, so it's kind of like my memory. A, well, at least you know it's
1: it's yours it's, now.
0: Yeah. No one's, ever yeah. Gonna... no one's ever gonna take it because there's quinoa inside. I was I was walking through the Canadian airport to to get on my flight home, and they said, "Do you have anything to declare?" And I said, "Oh, just some spilled quinoa in my bag. It's nothing else."
1: Wow. What is she on about? <laughs> like, at least you declared it. You did. That yeah. Good job. <laughs> So you got to New York then with yeah, your ukulele yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and after that obviously you've become you've found other people here who play Yeah, yeah I So I got here and I,
0: I, I had three weeks to find another place to live and find a job and I ended up finding a dog uh, two jobs, one was walking dogs and the other was as a music teacher in Staten Island doing private lessons and I It was a pain to go all the way to Staten Island, but I was like, you know what? If I do this for two years, then I can work anywhere else, so it's fine. I'll just get, you know, and I wasn't a strong teacher yet. I just knew that this person was going to hire me because it was kind of a school that was You know, for beginner teachers just coming out of, of college. And I was like, I'll get, I'll get my bearings, I'll learn how to teach, and then I'll come and find a job here in the city. And, and through that, I, you know, I posted ukulele covers on Instagram, and basically everything that I've done with ukulele has and every opportunity I've gotten for the ukulele has come through Instagram. And that's how I built my, my first festival, really, how I got people to come. I just, I, I found that they were in New York City and they played the ukulele and I sent a message and I said, hey, I'm putting together this festival, come, come to it, I'd love to have you there. And so that's just, that's kind of how things came about, yeah.
1: So tell me about the festival then. So what inspired you to take on something as huge as organising a festival?
0: So I'd always wanted to put one together and I – well, actually, no, that's a lie. I i always wanted to attend it. I always wanted to attend one. I need to get my, my speech right. <laughs> I, I always wanted to attend one, but i there wasn't one in New York and I found it so bizarre because Festivals for the ukulele happen yeah, all over the world. Everywhere, yes. And this is a place where people from all over the world come. Yeah, Surely, it's such one. a
1: huge city. You'd think, and, you think? And
0: and I was like, well, I want to go to a festival. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can, I should just start. I should just start one. And the first one, it was thrown together in a in a month or, or two months and it was just kind of on a whim um, through a, a platform called Artery and that connects people that have a performance or concert idea and it connects them with somebody host it, to host them in their apartment or host them in their space and that's kind of how it, it came to be. I found a, a, a venue to put it on. It was four hours. There weren't any workshops. It was just open mic and performances and we had about 15 people come and then last year was my second year doing it and i decided okay i'm going the first time i did the festival i was like this is just going to be a one-time thing just for fun and then the you know february of last year came around and i was like you know what why why not? Why not do do this again and make it bigger and better? And so I I made it 2 days and my my kind Australian friend and his wife they opened up their rooftop apartment that um to let me have the performance uh, take place and it was it was amazing and then um, I performed at this bar a lot and so I reached out to the owner and I said well can I can I use the space for workshops and she said sure so I had a low low overhead cost and I was like okay we can we can do this we can make something happen from this and I did I had about 20 people come to the performance and we had about 15 people for the workshops and then this is the third year and I just finished booking everything it's going to be June 12th and June 13th but no no uh extra information yet
1: <laughs> well I'll that, make but... sure this episode comes out before that okay so we can yes so there's no <laughs> point you telling people that when it's already gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome it should come out. <laughs> it, it will be before then yes <laughs> yeah that's so a, you're still going for the two days?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be two days. The first day is going to be uh, performances again, and then the second day will just be workshops. And um, yeah, and, that sounds great. Yeah, good on you because that, that's a that's a big daunting job. It is, and it, it the most daunting part of it was booking a venue for the workshops. I found a venue for the performances back in the summer, and then I was like, you know what, I have some time. You know, I don't need to book this second day right away. And earlier this month, I found this space, and I was like, wow, this would be amazing to have this year. And I and he told me how much the deposit was, and that was a lot more than I had ever um, done for for a, the festival yet? And I was like, I can make this happen. So I I put out an announcement, and some people donated, and then I just I worked. I took on extra teaching jobs and extra performance gigs. I was like, I'm gonna come up with this money, and I came up with it. And I went to go uh, put the deposit down. He said, Oh, well, actually. I might be closing my space down in May, <gasps> so I can't do this. And oh, I was like, you got to be no. kidding me. <laughs> I, I was like, I've eaten oatmeal, beans, and rice for, like, this entire month <laughs> just to come up with this. And um, But it was okay because I, I made a Facebook post that night, and a girl from Artery that puts, puts together these showcases, she reached out, and we got an awesome person that puts on there. Performance concerts in their apartment. They they were like, we can make this happen.
1: This is so. I was like, yes, we can. Yay! This. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, you are very tenacious, aren't you? I am. I, I am. I am. I you decide to do something aside from the singing, which you gave up a little bit, to, but you came back to a it. little bit. They came back. Um, you really, if you're gonna do something, you do it. Yeah, it was just
0: I, it might take me a little bit of time, but I I just I do it. Might I like to tell my friends? I'm like, I might not be able to pay my rent this month, but this
1: festival is going to happen. It's on. We'll have to promote it as much as we can to make sure people go. Thank you. you. appreciate I'm, I'm that. sure they'll go anyway. Yes, we will do that. Yeah. You said you had a second song. Oh, yes, played. yes.
0: Yep. So I guess that kind of fits in with my my determination. <laughs> um, so I this is the first song I wrote when I moved to New York, and I was meeting a lot of people that, were trying to pursue music or pursue the arts as a career and they just kind of gave up because they weren't making money off of it and I was like oh my god that no that's not going to happen to me that's not going to happen to me so I I wrote this song to kind of you know as um just a reminder just to keep just to keep going and for anybody else that's you know ever has doubts just keep doing what you're doing and things things will work out so this is called what is this called Oh, uh, run, run for this.
2: house. <laughs> These are the days we've been working so hard Chasing after glory But we've come up short Up when did we stop living in the stories we made up in our minds when did we start embracing what wasn't in our dreams
1: To, to ask you how has ukulele changed your life? Oh, I mean it's it's changed my life in,
0: in every possible way. It gave me um it gave me a career when I didn't think I was going to have one in music. I I started to panic a little bit, but it's you know been my guiding my guiding light into what I'm doing today. So
1: well, yeah. Well, I like the big answers. That is yeah. the answer. Death. By Gwendolyn Fitz. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, oh the pleasure's all mine. This has been really fun. Right. So, as you can imagine, in the current environment, the Brooklyn Ukulele Festival won't be running in the way Gwendolyn originally intended, but... There's good news, it's still going ahead on June 12 and 13 in a virtual format. Full details will be available on 1st of June on gwendolenfitzmusic.com, so make sure you go there and subscribe to the mailing list to get all the updates. I'll also put a link in the show notes for you. Ukulele is the New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I've performed it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft. Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, I have links in the show notes as well as a playlist with songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is the New Black YouTube channel. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser and tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks.